Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. That's what we're doing right now. Um, but it's one of those things where I, I find it uh, really hard to do that. Uh, you know, I kind of have social media ADD. I'm like, you know, where do I focus on? Um, you know, and I have, I have employees uh, that do some of that work, but uh, I, I also like to like check in on it. Um, are you really good at, at delegating, Neil, or are you one of those people who's like likes your hands in all the all the operating, all the gears? No, I'm terrible at delegating, uh, but I have some amazing people that I work with that are, so I don't have to have my hands in everything. That's fantastic. And um, how about any ninja tricks that you have, Neil, for omni-channel? So you know. I'm only one person, I'm only one business, and you know, of course we can repurpose content, but do you have any ninja tricks for people getting their content across multiple channels in an easy to manage way? Uh, I, I don't really have any ninja tricks because I, I used to try to use like tools and stuff to make it all easier, and then what I quickly found is a lot of these sites and networks penalize you if you use tools. Like I can use third party tools to publish on Facebook, but if I do that, I get less reach than when I go in and do it manually, sadly, but that's the reality of it. And it makes sense because if I go to Facebook manually, I'm seeing ads, they're generating revenue. If I do it through tools, I don't have to log into Facebook and engage with my users. Yeah. And Got the other, it. The other thing, uh, that's an interesting point, uh, Neil, because the other thing that uh, I noticed too, uh, when, when we're doing, uh, you know, using tools like buffers, Zapier, stuff like that, is that on a lot of channels, there's additional features um, that you can't do when you're using those tools. Like, you know, Facebook now has like the H1 tag and things like that, which you can't send through the API. Uh, so you end up, you know, missing a little bit of that, you know, that, that, that special sauce that, that each social network has. So that's a, that's a fantastic point. So Neil, um, I'm going to be a little bit selfish here because, you know, I also run a, a I've run many SaaS businesses. Uh, none have been as successful as yours. I've had some good successes, but none have been as successful as yours. Can you tell me like in 2019, I, I know that, uh, you know, Uber suggest is free. So you, you, you know, you're probably not doing a ton of marketing. I know you just kind of mentioned that. Um, it's a fantastic tool. I use it all the time. I actually uh, ditched uh, SpyFu for it just because I, I like the, the way that you're doing things. It's super easy to use and uh, get results very quickly. Um, but for, for some of your other paid products, how are you getting um, you know, people to sign up? Uh, like you said, everything's getting super saturated. Um, you know, it, it's, unless you have a, a huge bankroll, which you, may, which you probably do these days, um, you know, how, are you, how are you getting people through the door uh, on your various SaaS businesses? Uh, freemium. I think freemium is the only way to go right now in the marketplace. If you don't go freemium, you're going to get crushed by someone who does go freemium. I know this firsthand because I was really early in the SaaS world and then people started going freemium and started crushing me. So then I just started crushing them and just going fully free. And then eventually you figure out paid and monetization after that. So for example, like uh, your Uber suggest tool, I guess that is that, is that a gateway to um, your, your uh, agency or what, or is it just like general just to get people into your sphere? Uh, it, it's people to get into my sphere and into my agency. The problem with that tool is the monthly expense and burn is too high. It's around 200 K a month right now. Um, so it's not sustainable. You can't keep going forever when you're not making any money and you're just burning 200. Um, so I will have to figure out like a paid plan or something and I don't want to, but if I do, and let's say I charge 
$10, if I keep it for free, but you can get other premium features for $10 a month. I know people are going to complain, but $10 a month for premium features and you still get almost everything for free. I think that's affordable for most people around the world. Yeah. I was just going to say, Neil, I would glad you, gladly pay you $10 a month for, for Uber suggest. I would pay even more than that. But uh, I, I totally get that, that, uh, that struggle because with my business too, I'm like, I would absolutely love to just offer it for free, uh, but it, it's not sustainable. And not only that, you know, when you start charging money, you can actually, you know, take that money and put it to work and, and improving that service. Um, so um, I'm actually kind of happy to hear that you're going to do that because I'm excited to see what, what you end up doing with that tool. It's already fantastic. I mean, but you keep adding <laughs> new fantastic features for free. So um, I, I, for one, am, am glad to pay you for that. Yeah, that's awesome. Good to hear. <laughs> All right, Neil. So um, a few other, uh, you know, things uh, that, that I'd love to hear from you is, um, you know, what's uh, in, in 2019, like what, what should people, a lot of our people are just starting out. Like if you were just starting out today, like what would you really concentrate on in order to grow your business? Oh, what would I concentrate on to grow my business? Um, there, there's not one thing. See, I, I look at it as the opposite approach right now. I used to go with the route of looking at SEO as a channel, content marketing, or all of that. Now I look at businesses like, what, what's something that people love and they spend a lot of money for? And what can I end up giving a version for free because that's marketing in and of itself. And I found that it's cheaper to do that through products than it is to pay for the marketing. A good example of this is Aura Brush. Are you guys familiar about Aura Brush and their story? No, I'm not. Love to hear about it. So Aura Brush, they eventually ended up selling. It's a tongue cleaner that helps you get rid of bad breath. And they raised venture capital. And what they did is, you know, free tongue cleaner, whatever their product was, um, just pay for shipping. And then from there, they would tack on the upsells and downsells. But it was widely popular because people were like, oh, that's a really great deal. Right, but they knew because they optimized for cart value that they were still making money. And even if they didn't, the free shipping, I mean the free product, the shipping more than paid for the expense of the product. Yeah, it's super interesting. So you're you're a huge fan of of freemium, giving tons of value up front, um, and then and then you know, thinking about monetization uh, further down the road. Um, are you a big believer in, you know, build an audience kind of first, or do you think people should build an audience as they're building their business? Uh, I, I would say build an audience first and then monetize. Yeah. I used to think it was the other way around, but I completely agree with you. And once I figured that out, it, it definitely seemed to make a, a big difference. I know Amy and I are kicking ourselves for, you know, waiting so long to start this podcast. I did one episode of a podcast like two years ago and then I didn't, I didn't follow up with it. Um, but this has been one of the best channels to just connect with people. Um, you know, we try to give a ton of value and, and not ask for much in, in return. But I think that's a good example of, you know, building an audience. Now, what if somebody has, you know, a lot of people, uh, Neil, we talked about this at your live event, are, you know, introverts, not, you know, not wanting to be around people all the time. You know, it, that's like a draining proposition. Um, you know, how can, how do, how do you think somebody can get started and get past that, that fear? Any, any advice on, on that? You just got to do it. Don't worry about the fear. Just go and do it. Uh, you'll learn, you'll make mistakes and not work out or it'll, it will work out, but you just go and do it. And then you just keep adjusting and fine tuning until you're happy. But in a lot of times with this marketing or business, there's always fears. There's always the unknowns. If you don't take the plunge, you'll never know. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, one, one of the things I remember that I did when I first started out with, with, uh, you know, doing live videos and stuff is I, you know, I, I remember I was doing a live on Facebook and somebody's like, Hey dude, calm down. You seem nervous. And that was kind of a wake up call for me. And so like, uh, you know, during that week or two, I was like, okay, I'm going to personally challenge myself to do like one live Facebook video, um, every day until I'm comfortable with it. And that's, you know, and that worked, it was just like one of those things where, you know, you got to do things in order to, to get over those, those fears and kind of get onto the, the next level. Um, and, yeah, and the way I see it too, is you're always going to be a harsher critic than others. Right. And everyone's already heard this, but it truly is the case in which you're going to be more judgmental about yourself than other people. And think of it this way. Like if it's really that bad, all right, maybe it's bad, but if people are watching, then it can't be that as bad as you think. Right. Sometimes the biggest, uh, sometimes the biggest train wrecks are, are, you know, going to, could end up, you know, morphing into something that uh, is epic. You know, like if you're doing a live or something and you, you know, <laughs> something strange or crazy happens, you know, you might freak out, but it might be something that goes viral just because it's, you know, an unauthentic moment. Yep. Cool. So, uh, Neil, any other kind of, um, I, I know we talked a lot about like SEO, a lot about business, uh, things like that. But what I haven't heard you talk a lot about, and uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I'm not, you know, pressing too too much here. But uh, like personal development, like, do you do anything, you know, for personal development? Like any, um, you know, uh, you know, you a lot of uh, you hear a lot of entrepreneurs doing like yoga or you know meditation or anything that you do in your personal life, uh, you know, to to kind of get grounded and, and kind of push yourself to the next level when it comes to uh, you know just personal development. I don't, um, I do take walks with my wife and my child and that's really it. Although that's not really personal development. Um, but that's my form of meditation. It just allows me to clear my thoughts and think and relax. Um, one thing I'll note that's helped me get to where I am in life. Look, we all make mistakes. None of us are perfect. What separates the winners from the losers is the winners continually learn from their mistakes. And if you can learn from it and avoid making the same one over and over again, eventually it'll lead you down a path of, you know, what's left. And all that's left is the stuff you should be doing. I'm not the smartest person in the world. I just made enough mistakes where I've learned, don't do this shit if you want to succeed. And, you know, here's this other bucket that I haven't tested out yet. Either it won't work out or it will. And eventually some of that stuff doesn't work out, but the ones that do work out, you know, to keep doing more of that and the stuff that doesn't learn from your mistakes and avoid making them over and over again. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a fantastic point. And, uh, I think, uh, the, what I've noticed with Amazon and I'm sure this is true for like marketing and things like that is the people who are really successful are the ones who are always turning dials, testing new things, testing new tactics, uh, just, you know, you know, playing with, with things that, you know, not being afraid to, to, to break them. Right. Exactly. It, it, it's funny. I have a friend who sells on Amazon and uh, one of the mistakes he made, he's like, yeah, I'm going to be premium. I'm going to charge, you know, like $500 for my product, like 10 X more than everyone else. And he didn't get any sales. And I'm like, well, all right, you learn. And then he, he created a new product. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be premium. I'm going to charge, you know, 10 times everyone else. I'm like, you did that once and it failed. You sure you want to try that? No, I'm not saying it won't work if you do it again, but you're better off trying something new. Don't like keep making the same mistake over and over again. Yeah. Did it work out the second time? No, I didn't. He did it. And then he still made the mistake. Third time he decided to undercut everyone. 
and he actually made a ton of money that way, right? They're <laughs> cutting everyone will work for all cases in Amazon because sometimes people think there's something wrong with the product, but you got to test and learn and try new things. And as I mentioned, some things will work out, some things won't. Yeah. So Neil, are you a, are you a big traveler or are you more of a, a, a homebody? And, and uh, you know, do you have any aspirations of, I know that right now you're, you're deep in your businesses, but are you one of those guys who, you know, at some point wants to just exit and sit on the beach or are you, do you think you'll always be, be in the game? I probably will always be in the game. I want to sit on the beach and not work, but I don't think I can stop. <laughs> yeah, my wife always always uh, claims the same for me. She's like, you're going to be 70 years old and gray and still starting new businesses. I, and I was like, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. All right, Neil. Well, um, just before we go, um, a few uh, other things I would love to know is, uh, you know, you, you said you don't do, uh, t- you know, too many personal development, things like that. Um, you know, what are your, what are your hobbies? What do you, what do you like to do on your downtime? I know you like, you said you like to take a walk. Are you like a, a Netflix guy? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you read any books? Um, uh, I love Netflix. Uh, I'm a big Netflix TV guy, Hulu. You know, it's funny. You have all these cord cutting services. I find that I pay for cable TV plus I pay for all the cord cutting uh, services as well. So now my bills are more, uh, <laughs> but I'm big on all like, the digital streaming platforms. Uh, in addition to that, just hanging out with friends. Um, I watch a lot of basketball, uh, a lot of sports in general, um, you know, from not all of them, but I'll watch everything from football to basketball to tennis. Uh, here and there, I'll watch some Formula One. And that's mainly it. Interesting. I didn't, that there's, there's a fact about Neil that I did not know. That's uh, that's, that's a first, uh, do you have any aspirations to, to buy the New York jets or uh, <laughs> anything like that? No, my aspirations is just hang out more with my kids. That's fantastic. That's, that's kind of my goal too. As they get older, that's the more, the more I want to, to uh, hang out with them. So Neil, I know you used to uh, work in uh, or used to live in Seattle and now you're in Southern California. Um, is that where you're going to stay put and where did you grow up? I, I grew up in Southern California. So Southern oh, California okay. All right. So, um, but I think uh, on, a, on a previous episode, you, you said you miss Seattle, right? I miss Seattle. Eventually, I'll buy a home there. Um, but I will stay in Southern California pretty much forever. I, I love it here. The weather's great. Yeah, it's hard to beat the weather. I know. That's why I tell my wife in Northern California. I'm like, yeah, even though I, I hate paying the prices here, it's pretty hard to, to beat the weather. You can't, you absolutely cannot beat that. All right, Neil. Well, I'm not going to take too much more of your time. Amy, did you have any more questions? Or if not, I'm going to, I'm going to ask uh, Neil what, uh, what he's currently up to, uh, you know, how people can get a hold of him, uh, you know, what, what he sees in the next, uh, you know, six months, uh, you know, what, he, what, he's gonna, what is he going to be up to? Well, I have one more question for Neil. Um, is since most of our audience is am, our Amazon sellers and um, and really focused on you know the the big Amazon dream that gets kind of pitched out there right the big Amazon opportunity, what would be your best piece of advice for Amazon sellers going into um, you know this this 2019 this 2020 timeframe um, of kind of, as we've mentioned over this podcast, a saturated time to be online, um, but still plenty of opportunity, right? But what would be your one piece of advice for people looking to get in and expand um, into e-commerce with new products? Sure. So 
I'll, I'll give you a few things. One, if you're just focusing on Amazon, you're making a big mistake. You need to also have your own Shopify or big commerce store or whatever it may be. Two, you don't need a ton of products. Pick the right products that are popular, are gonna be around for a while. Try to create a funnel with the upsells and downsells. Try to drive traffic to them through things like paid ads. Uh, the next thing you wanna do is stop just focusing on your localized region where everyone speaks English. Focus on other languages that are untapped. Uh, the margins aren't, I mean, the revenue won't be as good, but you can make it up in quantity and you can make it up with uh, not as many competitors. So th that should end up making it up for you. And in some cases, you'll find that you can do better overseas than you can in your home country. Um, but if you follow that kind of stuff, I think you'll be good in the long run. There's no shortcuts. There's no silver bullet. It's a lot of tweaking, testing, trying different stuff doing things like listening to your podcast, learning from your community. There is no one surefire way. And when you do find that surefire way, keep this in mind. It's not going to last forever. Definitely. That is such great advice. I love it. Yes. All right, Andy, I'll All right. Um, turn it over to you <laughs> yes. for the last question. Yeah, Neil. So, so anything you want to mention, I know that, uh, you know, you're probably going to uh, let us know about the podcast. Let us know about, you know, your SaaS businesses, uh, I think you guys are doing a mastermind, you know, let people know where they can get a hold of you and what you're up to. Yeah. Blog at neilpatel.com. My ad agency is Neil Patel digital and, uh, check out my tool Uber suggests it should help you with your Q research for Amazon SEO or even, uh, Shopify and offsite SEO. And that's free. Awesome, Neil. Hey, thank you so much again for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. I know you're busy and I, your time's really valuable and we really, really thank you for, for being on today. Thanks for having me. Yes. Right. Thanks so much for being here. All right, guys, as usual, if you don't mind, uh, hit that subscribe button. And uh, if you don't mind, leave us a rating and review. We would really, really appreciate it. And we will see you next week. And next week, a Amy's actually going to interview me. Uh, which is going to be fun. Uh, so it's episode 30. I get to be the, the honorary 30 uh, interviewee. So I'm excited for that. Um, and we'll see you then. Take care, guys. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, SellerSEO.com and AmazingAtHome.com.